0: Well, today on In Odd by Bruce, we're fortunate to have Carol McLeod, who is the author of 15 books. She has two podcasts, very successful blogger, devotional series on version, and, and plenty more, which you'll hear. And so this is great to have her on to talk today about her new book is the one we're going to focus on. It's called Meanwhile, Meeting God in the Wait." So let's find out what that's about and how that can help us in our walk with the Lord. Carol, welcome to In Awe by Bruce. So glad to have you.
1: Oh, thanks, Bruce. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Thanks for having me.
0: Sh- sure enough. And so to give people an idea of what's going on, when you say meanwhile, what does meanwhile mean?
1: Oh, yeah. So I can't give you just one definition, Bruce, Uh huh. but... I think your listeners will um, lean in and listen to at least one of these. So for me, a uh, meanwhile, it's that test of faith between when a crisis happens and when you see God's visible intervention. It's that space of time. Uh-huh. I mean, meanwhile, it's when you pray and pray and pray and pray, and nothing happens. You see <laughs> no visible answers. Yeah. But for me and my life the thing that resonates with me the most is a meanwhile is when i am deciding mm-hmm. if romans 828 means what it says it means or not and i've discovered it does exactly what it says it means
0: tell us more about that
1: so romans 828 and we know not we think not mm-hmm. we hope But this word, no, it was actually a legal term that Paul put in there that the attorney would get up and say, I'm convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt. I know that I know that I know. And we know that all things, not some things, Bruce, not every now and then, but we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and those who are called according to his purpose. So, Bruce, we have this blessed assurance in life that as we go through good days and bad days, as we go through trauma and tragedy, Mm -hmm. that we serve a God who is able to work it together for good. And what's our part? Our part is to love the Lord. Like, Mm -hmm. that's all we have to do to, to make sure that Romans 8, 28 resounds in our lives. We have to spend our lives loving the Lord. Passionately, with every ounce of life in us, when we do that, miracles happen even in our trauma.
0: Now, can I play devil's advocate with you?
1: Absolutely, I love it when people do.
0: All right, good. So, here we go, Carol. That's great. The problem is, half the time, most of the time, whatever, I don't feel like I'm really loving God. And am I really following his plan? No, I keep falling back into a lot of the same things, and I know God's looking at me going. You've got a big L on your forehead, dude.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Don't ex- don't expect good to work out for you.
1: Yeah. Okay, so Bruce, this is the deal. David was a man like that, right? He yes. He was a man who blew it time after time after time. And he had just blown it in a big way. He had just, <laughs> um, Bruce, he had just acted like a fool. He had gone into the enemy's camp and had drooled like a madman so that they wouldn't kill him and right after that he wrote this psalm he wrote um you find it right here bruce it is psalm 34 that david wrote right after he blew it you know oh normal human beings don't act like david act at this moment and this is what he said i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. He goes on to say, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. So Bruce, this is the wonder of the gospel. Mm -hmm. This is what we, we cannot wrap our natural minds around. And when we blow it, we have a God who cares. Even when we're in pain, we have a God who meets us there. Even when we have sinned, we have a God who rescues us out of the pit, his arms around us. Like Bruce, me play a little bit of an adversarial role with you. Okay. My friend, don't understand this with your brain, okay? (laughs) Don't understand this from human experience. Understand it as eternal truth because the Savior has said it.
0: Yes. And so you're telling me that God's grace is so great yeah. that even in the midst of all my failures and things like that, because I'm His child, He'll yeah. still take care of me.
1: Yes. James, who was the half brother of Jesus, I say half because they had the same mom. Um, And of course, Jesus had a heavenly father and James had an earthly one in the New Testament that James wrote to a suffering church. He said, but God gives a greater grace. Like, just let your heart linger on those words. But God gives a greater grace. Whatever you're going through today, whether it was Mm self-induced or whether it was abuse, God gives a greater grace. He will give you the grace you need to carry on
0: and you think how beautiful that is coming from james because can you imagine he told his brother he was crazy (laughs) he was nuts get out of the street stop this craziness that you have and didn't even believe in him probably thought yeah he went and got himself in trouble and now he's being crucified he probably deserved it and then all of a sudden jesus shows up to him personally oh boy my brother's my lord whoop (laughs)
1: I know. I, I have great compassion for James because can you imagine having Jesus as your big brother?
0: No, no. <laughs> you know. How to... can't you do things like Jesus does?
1: <laughs> oh, to grow up in his shadow. Um, no wonder it took him a while. To, yeah. Um, to believe.
0: So tell us, the book, it's based upon Joseph's life, which is great. So tell us why you came and brought into us a book about Joseph like called it meanwhile.
1: Yeah, so Joseph of the Old Testament has always been my favorite Bible character, Bruce. You know, some people love <laughs> Esther or Ruth yeah. or Moses. For me, it has always been Joseph because it reads like an unbelievable movie plot. Are you yeah. kidding? How could all of these traumatic events happen in the life of one godly young man? It just doesn't seem possible. And yet, oh, I love this. And yet Uh Joseph continued in faith. He continued to be a man of God. He continued to be a person of excellence. Like I always dare people. Okay. I challenge you to read the story of Joseph starting in Genesis 37, going through Genesis 50 and circle every word that Joseph spoke, because you're going to see a pattern Whenever Joseph opens his mouth, he talks Mm -hmm. about the Lord. There's Mm. barely a time that's recorded in scripture when he doesn't weave the name of the Lord into his conversation. Wow. Um, So I love that about him, even though his life had imploded, it had fallen apart. And so there's great truth in there for all of us. Mm -hmm.
0: So yeah, why don't you go through some of the things in Joseph's life and how the meanwhile fits in with it?
1: genesis thirty seven It's the first chapter of Joseph's story. And it's it is action packed. Let me tell you.. It, <laughs> We find out that I call him Joey. Joey was his daddy's favorite little boy, the yeah. 12 sons. He's number 11 in birth order. Um, and his dad loved him so much that he gave him this, this very colored tunic, a bright tunic. Mm. We all know that part from Sunday school. And then Joseph had a couple dreams dreams that, that he knew were from the Lord. He was only 17 years old and his brothers hated him because he was a dreamer. And one day they were out in the field together, Joseph and his older brothers. And I learned something, Bruce, that I'd never known before as I studied the ancient Hebrew syntax, says that Joseph was in the field shepherding the flock with his brothers. But the correct way to look at that would be Joseph was shepherding his brothers with his father's flock. So this verse implies that for some reason, daddy Jacob had put Joseph in charge. Why would a man do that? Well, it's because he could trust Joseph and he couldn't trust the rest of them. Wow. And, And also what Joseph was doing as a young man prepared him for the, his latter years when he was leading people that he shouldn't have been leading. And so God doesn't waste anything. So anyway, um, Joseph's brothers hated him, and they beat him up. They took his coat off of him. They threw him in a pit. They sold him into slavery. And, and all of that happens in one riveting chapter. But when I was reading that one day, just for my personal devotions, I came to the last verse of Genesis 37. And I, my heart was just breaking for this young man, just breaking. And I read verse 36, and this is what it says. Meanwhile, what? Okay, so Bruce, my heart stopped. Meanwhile. Yeah. The Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, Pharaoh's officer, the captain of the bodyguard. So Joseph was in a meanwhile when his life was tragic. He had been bullied. He'd been abused by the people who were supposed to love him and care for him. He was being taken to Egypt to be a slave. What? Meanwhile, I'm sure that this didn't look like God's answer for him, for Joseph. Mm -hmm. But it was. (laughs) This was God's answer for Joseph to set him up in his destiny. So sometimes a meanwhile can be just what it says, a mighty long meanwhile. But don't ever doubt that whatever's happening, God is using to set you into his grander, greater, more eternal purposes for your life.
0: For example, how long was the meanwhile for Joseph?
1: Yeah, so it was 23 years before Joseph's brothers came to Egypt, and they were reconciled in a glorious story in Scripture. Really, other than when we see Jesus with his disciples, there's been no other glorious reconciliation like that. Mm-hmm. And then it was 17 more years before Joseph's dad died about 40 years when Mm -hmm. the story of joseph comes to a a beautiful conclusion in scripture so you know from start to finish about four decades bruce
0: now take us into how does that meanwhile work and what you're seeing going on in people's christians lives today
1: So, Bruce, Genesis is the first book in the Bible, as you know, Mm -hmm. but it was never meant to only be the first book. It was meant to be the foundation of scripture Mm -hmm. because in Genesis, we see foundational truths that we are meant to live by today. And one of them, well, many of them we find in Joseph's story, but to me, the most stellar, the most stunning is found at the conclusion of, of Joseph's story, Genesis fifty twenty. So it's been nearly 40 years yeah. since his brothers sold him and it, their daddy had just died. And the brothers were afraid that Joseph was now going to like get rid of them or something. Yeah. And he looked at them and Bruce, I can picture this poignant moment. His brothers are now balding. They have long gray beards, paunchy mm-hmm. around the middle. <laughs> and, um, maybe some of them are forgetful by now. And, and he said to them, guys, look at me. I, I picture this. I'm, I'm putting a little bit of Carol behind it, but God, look at me. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. Save a generation alive. Now, Bruce, this word meant that's in Genesis fifty twenty. We see that it comes from a Hebrew word that we find in another scripture that we all love, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares yeah. the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. The word plans, it's the root word that meant comes from in Genesis fifty twenty, and this Ugh. it's the Hebrew word makashaba, and this is what it means: an invention, a creative imagination. It's Ugh. something that took forethought and planning. So, see, Bruce, don't you see? Yeah. God has spent eternity past thinking about your life, thinking about what was going to happen and how He could makashaba all the events of cruelty and disappointment and trauma and bullying them huh. into something good to save a generation alive. That's how we make it practical, that we have to apply it to our lives.
0: Yeah. Oh boy. So that's impactful. That might be one of the key things to always tell ourselves is that God has been working and nonsense ever how he could lay out our lives to try and help us get the right. most out of it and affect us the most and have most impact.
1: Yeah. And God wastes nothing. You know, God didn't waste the fact that Joseph was the favorite or that his father used him as a leader. God doesn't waste anything in our lives either, Bruce, whatever you have gone through, God can makashaba it and use it to bless somebody else, to encourage somebody else, to bring life to somebody else, to feed somebody else.
0: How have you seen this work in your own life? Did this study increase your understanding of following through on some things that were the meanwhiles? Or was it something that came from all the meanwhiles you've had? You go, hold it now. What's the answer here? How, how did that all come about in your life?
1: Yeah. Bruce, whenever I study the Old Testament, um, I I actually think about a New Testament scripture. It's Romans 15, 4, and it says this, for whatever was written in earlier times, okay, so that's referring to the ancient scriptures, what we call the Old Testament today, was written for a purpose. It was written for our instruction. We got to learn something so that through perseverance, it's going to make us stronger and the encouragement of scriptures, we might have hope. So Uh, the story of Joseph has done that for me because, Bruce, we are all in a meanwhile. Let's be honest, right? Yeah. We're all waiting for a breakthrough. Um, We're waiting for some people are waiting for a spouse to miraculously appear. Some of us are waiting for our spouse to change. Some of (laughs) us are waiting for those little lines to appear on a pregnancy test or a raise or a bonus or or a different doctor's report or a new car or Some of us are waiting for a prodigal to come home. Some of Mm -hmm. us are waiting for an apology or for somebody to notice us. You know, just like in Joseph's story, they were trapped by a famine. Well, hello, we live in a world of famine today. We need hope. We're, We're starving for hope and for joy. We've been bullied by circumstances. We feel like everything has been ripped away from us, just like Joseph's coat was ripped away from us. And so we look at those things in scripture and we apply it to our lives and we come back to where you and I started. Mm -hmm. The God of Joseph is the God of me. He is well able to do for me what he did for Joseph. You know, Bruce, today I was reading in Hebrews, I, I think it was chapter 10 maybe, where it says, don't throw away your confidence for in it lies a great reward. What? So, there are lots of things you and I should throw away. We need to worry and bitterness and frustration, but we should never throw away our confidence. Jesus is who he says he is, and he will do what he says he can do, because that's a reward in life to stay in that place of belief. And the story of Joseph helps us with that. The story of Joseph reminds us that life doesn't have to be perfect to be wonderful, that life doesn't have to have a white picket fence around it in order um, to be beautiful, that the most beautiful days of life sometimes are birthed in moments of great pain.
0: The verse that kept popping out of my head as we've been talking about this is Ephesians 2.10. Is we're used to the two eight nine where it talks about, you know, God saved you by grace. It's not by any works that you do. It's by his. But it's the verse after that where it says, and I'm going to read this from the looser translation, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And so you and I are talking about God's always had this in his mind. He's always known what he's going to do, but he calls us his masterpiece And the word there, it's the Greek word poema. Now, time, it did not necessarily mean poem, but it was a word that meant like this, masterpiece, craftsmanship. But you could sure look at it like we're God's poem. He puts us on display in spite of all of our faults and everything to show that he is there graciously still working with us in what you're calling the meanwhile. I just think is a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that verse. Thank you for reminding us of it. That That is a, an astounding verse that we are God's masterpiece.
0: He loves us so much. He's already laid things out for us to do and work. And some of them may end up, like, he's, like you're saying, in a horrible situation, and yet God's looking to bring good from that. Because even though we don't do things right all the time, and we fall and fail, we still love him. We've chosen to to have him as our God and he can pull it off, and that's what makes it so wonderful, is it shows the glory to him.
1: Yes, that's right. Like you said, it's not of our works that we should boast, but all glory to the Lord, that anything good we have, blessing that has been bestowed on our lives, any grace that we received, it's for one reason, it's because he's generous and he loves us. That's why it is. You know, you have made me think more about the verse Romans 8.28, Bruce, just our conversation. We all love Romans 8.28. It's like on graduation (laughs) cards and place at home, and and we just love it. But to get the full impact of Romans 8.28, you've got to read Romans Mm 8.29. Let me read it to you. And we know, well, that's Romans 8.29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So, Bruce, what if the good that Jesus is working in the meanwhile in our life is to make us look more like him, is to make us have his heart, is to conform us to his image? What if that is the good that he's working? Will that be enough for us? Yes, is enough that we would become more like Jesus because of the hard things we've been through.
0: that's amazing when you think of it that way and you go through it. Thank you for sharing it like that because it's a beauty and it's a beauty that God wants us to experience, right? Right. Anything else strike you for people that you've run into where something they struggle with in this time that maybe keeps them from grasping what you're talking about?
1: Bruce, I am one of those crazy people, I guess. that when the the pandemic hit, now don't get me wrong, I was very sobered, I was mad at certain people. I was upset with the media, incredulous at the way those who led us led poorly during those times. I was heartbroken for people whose lives were, were cut short, whose families couldn't be with them. But also Bruce, I was like giddy with excitement that the Lord chose me to be alive during Mm -hmm. one of the greatest pandemics the world has ever known. That when when the Lord looked down through the corridors of time and decided when I was going to be alive, he said to himself, I think Carol has what it takes to be alive during the pandemic. I think... I could use somebody like Carol and like Bruce to make a difference during the pandemic. And Bruce, during those days, I was reading the book of Habakkuk, and Habakkuk Mm. was asking God some really hard questions. Mm. He was a little prophet man in the Old Testament. And Habakkuk, like you and I, didn't like what was going on. He didn't see a reason for it. He was sort of complaining to God saying, where are you God? Then God answered him and God gave him great answers to his pain. And this is how Habakkuk responded. Let let me read to you the response of Habakkuk. This is what Habakkuk said. God, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord is my strength. So Bruce, if you and I were going to paraphrase this for our pandemic, we would say, though the economy should fail, and though politicians ignore us, though I have to homeschool my kids and I don't want to, and I lose (laughs) my job, though I can't go visit my parents or my grandchildren, yet... I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. And there comes a moment in all of our lives, and and there was this moment in Joseph's life as well, that we determine, regardless of our circumstances, we're going to find all of our joy and all of our hope in the Lord will disappoint us, Bruce. Life is not perfect. right? But actually, life is the meanwhile, is it not? All yes. of life is a meanwhile. We're waiting till yes. the day we see Jesus face to face. But while we're in the meanwhile, what do we do? We pray, we trust, we love the Lord. Mm-hmm. We declare, yet I will rejoice. We take care of God's children. We keep dreaming dreams like Joseph did. We keep on our garment of praise. We... We continue to confess the goodness of God. That's what we do during a meanwhile.
0: So in your book, where where can people get your book? And in your book, you guide them towards this.
1: Yes. And
0: finding the answers in their
1: life, right? Thank you, Bruce. Yeah, so my book is available, of course, on Amazon, um, the great and powerful Oz of the publishing world. Um, <laughs> You can get it at, at christianbook.com. You can get it at Books A Million, Barnes & Noble. You can get it at my website, Ministries.com. But Bruce, one thing I'm really excited about is that yeah. not only can you get the book, also an eight-video teaching series that goes along with the book. So oh. you can use it in a small group, a Sunday school class, and that is available on my website as well, Ministries.com or my publisher's website, Mm -hmm. ironstreammedia.com. You can get that digital downloads plus the leader's guide.
0: That's what I was going to say. So there is a leader's guide with that too.
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely.
0: Anything else you want to let people know that you're going to be doing or coming up or what to look for from you or things in the past?
1: Oh, thank you so much. I, I love it. Well, let me tell you two things quickly, Bruce. We have an app for your smartphone now. We've finally arrived in the 21st century, <laughs> and um, you can download the Carol McCloud Ministries app on your smartphone, listen to a podcast, read a blog, join a Bible study, leave a prayer request, buy a book. You can do all that on the app, and I'd love for your listeners to consider that. And then also, I can't believe this, Bruce, but starting in the fall, I'm going to have a weekly TV show once a week, 30 minutes long, teaching the Word of God, passion in life. So um, I don't have a release date yet, but it'll be sometime this fall. And your listeners can be watching for that on their TV networks, whatever TV network they listen to.
0: Do you know what is who's putting it out or what channel...
1: I know it's on the GEB network for sure out of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we're also marketing it to the other major networks, so that just remains to be seen yet. Yeah, we're oh, all... Oh, so yeah, there's yeah.
0: something for everybody to pray for.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Favor, oh, yes. Man.
0: Okay, well, that's great. Carol, thank you so much for taking the time and, and go over your book. We'll be praying for the best for everything with that and your TV show. That's super.
1: Thank you, Bruce. It was such an honor to be with you today. I appreciate it so much.
0: All right. Well, God bless you and everything you're doing, and we'll talk to you soon, I hope.
1: Okay. It's a deal.
0: All right. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.